Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Rule the Roost podcast. You know you haven't heard enough of my voice. That's why you're listening. That's why you're listening, isn't it? But you're not just listening for me. If you followed like one of the kind of the various probably tweets I'll be doing out the back of this, and this guy will be doing out the back of this, you're most likely coming for Spooky23. Spooky, how are you doing, mate? I I'm all right. I'm referring I'm, to you by your full handle, but I just am. I, no, 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 it's funny because uh, I was uh, obviously it was Flav's wedding this past weekend, and when I was introducing myself, I kept defaulting to Spooky, <laughs> and then when I did when I did introduce myself by my government name, it felt really uneasy and really weird. But then my, my, I had my daughter there who who just look at me and, and thinking, Dad, mate, you're old. Why are you going by this silly daft name? And it's like that's that's just who I am. You don't really know me. My, my my government name isn't my real name. My my avatar and pers- persona online. That's me. That is basically me most most days of the week. To be fair, do you I mean, know what I'm saying? Because I'm talking about football all the fucking time. Yeah. Football, football, football. Well, the weird thing is, like you know, I've, as you say, you call it the government name. I've known that probably almost as long as I've been talking to you, at least. Anyway, yeah. but I st- it just I don't think I've ever really called you by it. It's weird, you know. It doesn't doesn't feel right. It is. It's one of those things when when any anyone yourself or any any of the other lot call me by my real name, it's almost like oh, I'm going to get towed off. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's like, it's like so it's suddenly my parents. Yeah, they 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 they've broken the full fall and they're going straight in now. They're but yeah, I'm all right. I, I, what I was going to say though is I think people are a bit fed up with me. I'm getting the feeling that um, my persistent optimism and my call for patience and perhaps kind of clouds the reality that I'm not completely happy with what I'm watching but I think people tend to gravitate more to me being happy clappy than than perhaps listening to what I'm I'm trying to say like behind all the uh I mean I'm not saying this is you spooky but have you have you heard the expression toxic positivity it's it's the new it's the new wave of kind of cod psychology that the internet likes to so, do. So how, so so just I I kind of already know what this is going to be, but just to quickly explain to me like so why, to- why toxic is it- positivity is you know when you're in those situations when you just want to vent, if you just want to say to somebody, oh, you know what this is really fucking shit. Like my my boss has been an asshole, my partner's done something bad. I'm really skint this month and everything on the news is just really getting me down. And if somebody's just like, 
come on, look on the bright side. It doesn't matter. You just got to keep going and you just got to kind of get over it. It's that kind of feeling that your right. legitimate okay. problems are being invalidated and just, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, it's a kind of sense. Absolutely. That, yeah, that's yeah. absolutely not me because I, I, I think the good thing about the, 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 the people that I follow, the people I, I, in fact, the people I just talked to on Twitter, for the most part, wouldn't stand for that shit and would call me out for for it. Um, and some do, but they do it in the right way. You know, they they they, they pose a particular perspective and then ask ask me to maybe question my own, which is the way Twitter should work. You know, if it's at its very finest, as opposed to getting dms saying i always knew you talked a load of bullshit and then just get <laughs> so well, how do you want me sorry to react about that to mate. you know i just you just wound me up a bit that's all <laughs> but like like it's this it's it, people seem to take great pride in in i don't know being in the right and you're in the wrong it's like it's it becomes less about the football more about well look at what i predicted and and as I've said many times before, it's very, very easy to, to basically say Conte will fail at Tottenham because the likelihood he will, because the odds are so stacked against us. But then obviously it's very layered. What, what is failure? Did Pochettino's team fail? Yeah, some Spurs fans will say he, his team failed, but I would say it was a generational experience for me. Probably the best side that I've seen since 1987 uh, the the or even Redknapp's team, um, so th- that did it wasn't a failure really in the purest possible sense. It wasn't a failure, but I understand that people are now putting everything on silverware and pretty much dismissing everything else, which is an interesting conversation because often you do get people that have said over the years, "I don't care how we play football." I just want us to win something because I just want us to win something, which is a fine sentiment, kind of goes against what we are as Spurs fans, but we realise that we have to be a bit grown up about it. And I guess that's where I am. I'm willing to sacrifice a little bit of style and a little bit of swagger just for us to be really hard to beat. But obviously, I still want us to be entertaining. Well, so that, that's, that's where I am, basically. I'm kind of, I know we're going to talk about this in more detail. Well, no, no. But... I mean, we're on it now, so let's let's just do it. Like, because it is interesting. There has been, there's obviously been a, a lot of, should we say, complaining makes it sound like it's it's all completely negative. But I mean, people sort of voicing their issues of what's going on at Spurs at the moment. But okay, so we we talk about things. We talk about kind of reducing everything to this binary. Pochettino won nothing, thus equals failure. Funnily enough, I've even seen people uh, saying recently that on balance, Jurgen Klopp is a failure at Liverpool, which I find, I mean, I think some of it is quite churlish. It weirdly seems to be Arsenal fans. Quite a few of Arsenal fans seem to have like set their sights on Liverpool at the moment. I think they, in their heads, they've already leapfrogged us and they're going for Liverpool mm-hmm. now, whatever. Leave them to that, but... I've seen a few people say that of Klopp saying that you know he should have gotten more Premier League titles over the line. I mean, he <laughs> it, it sounds ridiculous to say, but he effectively has won like three, at least three Premier League titles in the past few years. I'm, I'm sorry to say, but if anybody doesn't consider 99 points with one loss on the board, not a title-winning season, just because they haven't literally lifted the title. And I, I, I know this sounds, it sounds ridiculous. It sounds like I'm kind of doing a two plus two equals five. And I suppose I am to a degree, but... 
football is so totally and utterly warped now, right? That that's kind of more the point that to even consider what Liverpool have done these past few years or what Klopp has done as a failure to me is preposterous. And I know we've had our gripes in the past. We've said, oh, they spent money on Van Dijk and they spent money on Alisson. But really, Liverpool and Tottenham's, other than maybe the wages, the spending has been comparable. What Liverpool have done mm. is, is magnificent. Mm. It is mm. magnificent. And I, am, I, I, want, I want to sort of focus on this point a bit more in a bit. Not at this moment. But watching Manchester City last night, right? watching the inevitability of that, watching Haaland obviously do some ridiculous freakish kind of volley to win the game for them when they played like trash for most of the game and then ended up winning it anyway. That inevitability of that and of them, let's be honest, winning the Premier League again this year. I don't envy that for a second. I would rather have what Tottenham are or what Tottenham were under Pochettino with the promise of maybe winning something. I'm not saying of like never winning anything, but just yeah. having, before people jump on this and say, oh, you know, Poch sexual and stuff just wants Pochettino <laughs> in charge and to never no, win anything. No, no, nothing, nothing wrong with that fetish, that particular <laughs> fetish. That's, that's but, fine. But, but do you know what I mean? I'd rather be essentially what Spurs are now, maybe living in hope of winning something big and maybe getting it across the line every now and again. But the inevitability of of winning the Premier League more seasons than not. I mean, the, the only team, really, that's broken City's stranglehold on this was one year when Liverpool did it, playing to such a freakish level themselves, and City happened to have an off year. And other than that is Chelsea, who are another team assembled by billionaires. Hmm. What people don't want to look at, people can say Enoch have fucked up or Pochettino is a failure, whatever. But what we're not looking at is in the past 15 years how absolutely grotesque football has become to the extent that even, let's be honest, it destroyed Arsene Wenger and it's Mm. destroyed Manchester United. Mm -hmm. Two of the Premier League's institutions, those two teams, and great, we can laugh at Arsenal and we can laugh at United. It is fun to see their demise and it's fun to see the way in which their fans react to that. But the only point I'm making is nobody is safe from what has happened to football, right? Manchester United have spent so much money desperately trying to cling on to what they had under Ferguson. But it just isn't enough. And I think they have been slightly mismanaged. They've made some poor managerial appointments because they are still spending a lot of money. And I get that. But they're spending money in a completely unsustainable fashion. Like yeah. They're in so much debt. And yeah, they're, yeah. They're, they're, to me, in my mind, they're another Barcelona waiting to happen. Mm. Manchester United. Like, yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. The stadium's falling to pieces. You know, they are, they're essentially now a clothing brand internationally. They're something for, you know, in the same way that people wear New York Yankees caps over here every now and again. That's kind of what Manchester United are. They're a big brand. But back to what we were kind of talking about is that, you know, if if we're looking at what Conte is doing this year, really, I mean, this is what always kind of, this is what, this is what perplexes me. Like, what, what do people want? Yeah, we lost a game, right? We, We lost one game and... To be honest, we should have won that game, right? It, it, we were pretty, Definitely. we were sloppy at key moments, and we didn't get it across the line, and we lost the game. But it's the first game we've lost this season, and people keep talking about like we haven't looked good, we haven't been playing well. It was a matter of time until that came, but that's that's not what I've seen all year. I've seen Tottenham, yes, look fairly underwhelming in an attacking sense, um, and that's let's be honest, that's largely down to kind of a, a stuttering Kane and Son. 
but we're still getting the results. We're what joint second in the table. We yeah. won more games than we've lost. We've conceded like five goals in the Premier League. You know, we are objectively having a good season. But the way in which people are talking right now, it's like we're completely failing. And this this is kind of you know, I got dug out a lot at the start when I was kind of voicing my issues with Antonio Conte. And I'm not I'm really not trying to do an I told you so, but I got a lot of shit from people for basically just saying that I don't really like his style. I don't like this kind of grind football that he plays. Yeah, I remember. I, I remember. don't think it's very tough. I wasn't saying he was shit. I wasn't saying it was this. I was just saying that. And I was getting called all sorts of fucking names for 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 just saying that type of thing. But now we're here. <laughs> nobody seems to like it. So what what do people want? Because we are objectively a good team. We're a strong team. So so there's there's quite a bit to unpack here. First of all, before I forget, the, the whole thing about it, football being walked, you know, you're, you're, you're bang on right with that. It's, okay, in, in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't mean anything. It's kind of war a trophy memes. <laughs> even, even the Liverpool thing with the 99 points, okay? Absolutely phenomenal team. Didn't win the league. But you would consider them if you if you're gonna talk about football in the in the right way and have a discussion with someone in the right way and not point scoring, you would arguably say they're one of the best that was one of the best teams, one of the best sides in the Premier League era. Okay. I know United supporters are gonna say we won the treble and I'm not I'm not it's not I'm not saying they're better than the team that won the treble because they won the treble. I'm saying that if we're going if we're going pound for pound on performance, if we're going pound for pound on what you're actually seeing with your eyes as a Liverpool supporter or as a neutral, it was a phenomenal team. And and to a lesser extent, you can say the same thing about the Spurs team. The Spurs team under Pochettino, the team that finished behind the machine that was Conte's Chelsea, phenomenal football team. Right over over two years, probably the best side in in the in the Premier League again didn't win anything but the the, the point I'm trying to illustrate is the standard you know this, this thing about Spurs oh we have we've won one trophy in 20 years it is a bit of a fallacy when you actually look at the progression we've made from being absolutely mediocre nothingness left behind by Sky Sports top four and then slowly climbing the ladder again slowly progressing granted because the Sky top four started to degrade a little bit when Martin Yo was manager and we started knocking at the door and then Redknapp obviously consolidated that kind of first uh, trip into Europe in the, for the Champions League and so on. We have progressively got better and at one point we were fucking amazing. We were immense and yet we didn't win the league and we probably should have. And again, people will say, Spurs fans especially, that doesn't mean anything. You're celebrating failure. Well, no, we're celebrating the fact that some of us have this siege mentality and this awareness that we are up against an impossible challenge unless we get bought out by a billionaire playboy that's just going to pump money into the team, which isn't going to happen at this point, right? So in terms of the, the whole warped discussion, the the annoyance for me is I don't think Spurs fans know how to bond in a way that gets behind the team almost in a cult type of way, like Liverpool fans. Yeah, I know we, yeah, I agree we, we, we berate Liverpool fans, we hate them and so on. But they, 
and you've said this many times, it's been said by, by a fair few people, to be fair, because it's probably factually correct. They will their team to success. I mean, they've got foundation, they've got the players, and they've got the manager. But there's this absolute belief they are going to win everything. Look at Madrid, and, the way they win the Champions League all the time, the, the, how entitled their fans are, how they yeah, pull them across yeah, the it's, line. It's, you know, again, this has got nothing to do with football tactics and analysis. It's... It's more cosmic. It's it's more about the universe. It doesn't. It's not very meaningful unless you're really high and you start talking about stuff like this. But there is something to it in because the the, the one good thing about Spurs fans, at the very least, is that we've always been believers, right? We've always, when we were crap, we were dreamers. But then we be started to believe because we could see evidence that we could possibly do something. So we do naturally and consistently drive the ambition of this football club. That is why Spurs are as big as they are, even though we don't win anywhere near the trophies that other football clubs have, right? So the, the, I'm not I'm not slagging off our fan base, but I am saying that we we do have this problem with coping with what it means to be a big team because we haven't got that reference point. So to, to answer your question around what is it that we want, it's it, it, again, this is something that I've banged on about and bored people to death with, and I think... I'm fairly sure I'm getting muted uh, left, right, and centre at the minute, and I'm trying to <laughs> I'm trying to back away from it as well a little a little bit because I can I, I I know I'm a broken record with stuff like this, but you know we wanted a winner, we wanted Conte, we questioned Conte very early on when he rejected us or we rejected him because he's not the right fit, the way he plays. There was this fallacy again. He had come in, destroy the club, win something and disappear and all that kind of stuff. So there was all these narratives that weren't really meaningful in, in the grander discussion. But when we finally got him, it was a statement. And it was a frustrating season last year because he was tr- he inherited a mess, a broken team uh, assembled from the remnants of Pochettino's and what Mourinho tried to put together and so on. But he... but. Look at the the hype at the end of the season, and look at the the belief and the hope in the summer, and it's and it's literally taken what one defeat, and some some underperforming games, uh, performances rather butchered that sentence um, that that's now making people doubt. Well, maybe he he isn't the right fit, or maybe he is too stubborn, or maybe deep down. He doesn't believe he can win anything with this team. So he's been overly cautious so that he doesn't lose games. These are fair discussion points. I'm not dismissing any of this stuff because he does... There are questionable things around his rotation. There are questionable things around his selection. There are questionable things around his um, uh, loyalty to certain players. Emerson at right wing back, for example. These are things to discuss, but it's so early that, that to be totally dismissive i think isn't the right energy but fair enough you you do you but the other massive problem is the whole thing around turning it into well i don't like the football but you know what conte does you know the the type of football conte plays but we also know when conte's football is really good and effective we can smash teams left right and center mainly because of the way that we attack the way we get forward and the players that we have when they're on song can literally beat you know we can beat most teams in the Premier League, and we turn up for Liverpool and we turn up for Man City. So we have the traits there. We just haven't started very well, and I think if Son was even at sixty percent of his capacity, we probably wouldn't be having this conversation now. 
because we'd, we'd score more goals and we'd be a little bit more comfortable in games. And we're still moan about, well, it's not super exciting, but but we'd be talking about, oh, Tottenham are a proper team now. Because, like, again, we've discussed this before, City, for all their players, Liverpool, for all their players, sometimes are not that attractive to watch. They, they just get the job done when they're not performing at a level where they're swamping and destroying football teams. I mean, City are never that fun to watch, though, are they, really? Let's be they're, honest. They're, 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 they're relatively boring. I mean, you, you mentioned great, uh, Jack Grealish the other day, and, and and I think I saw an article uh, on Twitter, the kind of question, or maybe it was a tweet, actually, from some random person, but, but it was on point because he said he was a baller at Aston Villa. Um, and what is he at City? He just tippy-tappy football pass. You know, it gets fouled still, but it's like it's it's very much a template that you fit in, and the template it, it works so well because you literally have elite players in every single position. So the likelihood is they don't really need to play that expansively to beat teams because of the quality they have. But when they step it up, they will absolutely pull you to pieces. So yeah, so with, with Spurs, I think we are. Just a little bit, not everybody, because most people that I've seen on my feed have valid points and I agree with them. But there is an element that will default to the type of petulance that we often, you know, kind of point over there at the other end of the Seven Sisters and say them not down the road, you know, are, are, are literally crying over a couple of poor results. And, and I think that's creeping in and we've got nothing. We, we shouldn't be entitled. Because we haven't delivered on anything, so the only thing that we can really do is 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 to to calibrate to the, to what you mentioned, the sentiment behind just 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 immersing yourself in the journey. Yes, it would be better if we were more entertaining, but it's it's still very 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 early. And I think if Son and Kane are bang on it, if, if Kulusevski is back in the team, I think things change massively for Tottenham, even though we need a creative midfielder or, or a talisman of sorts, even though we need a quality right wing back, there's still more than enough there for us to finish in the top three. I think that, you know, the thing is that I pick up, and I'm not saying you're doing this at all, or not following off of your point. No, I, with excuse this, me. But <laughs> there's a, there's, me, a, there's, right a there's a kind of, there's a, a common thing that's said at the moment as in like, and this is of Spurs fans themselves generally, Spurs fans, we always did. Oh, we always act this way. We always, and I mean, I kind of, I think it, some things, some issues like this kind of knee jerkness of a lot of Spurs fans at the moment, I do think is is particularly kind of there's a unique type of knee jerking to Tottenham's fan base at the moment. But I think we've spoken about this before, um, and I know every club is going to say this of themselves, but I, I do feel that. Other people outside of this could objectively look at Spurs and say that we occupy, I would say, a, a really unique position in English football, at least, in so much as we are, on in, in pretty much every quantifiable measure, one of the biggest clubs in the country, on par with United, Arsenal, Chelsea, City, Liverpool, all of them. But the main difference is that we haven't, won any of we haven't won the Premier League let's put it that way we yeah. haven't won the Premier yeah, yeah, League yeah, yeah. and we haven't won the FA Cup for what 25 years or something now not, not one that long yeah quick maths <laughs> no even longer than that fucking yeah, my maths is terrible longer. what is it yeah, 30, 31 longer. years it's ridiculous the amount of time 
Wait, hang on. Is that is thirty one? My honestly, my ma- discalculator, right? I'm, I'm I'm being honest, like discalculator. But anyway, and it's the fact that we are so like we get these opportunities, right? We we get things like the Pochettino coming so close to winning the league on a couple of occasions. Obviously, Leicester got there ahead of us. And yeah, it's always going to be convenient to say it was a freak season, but it really was. Like Spurs weren't going into that. The, the thing is, is like people say, oh, it was a missed opportunity. Nobody was expecting Spurs to go into that seat. Like we went into that season thinking it would be lovely if we managed to sneak into the top four this year in the 15th, yeah, 15, 16 season. Yeah. And then we saw Leicester suddenly running away with it. And we had that yeah. momentum because everybody else was on an off go. But it took us as by surprise as it did everyone else. So again, there's this media narrative that, that, that was painted that Spurs were a failure then. But we, we were a young team. We finished third, obviously, ultimately, and third in the two-horse race, as we know. But look at look at look at the way they speak about. And this does play into it, right? Look at the way the media speak about Arsenal. Look at the excitement they have <laughs> for Arsenal's resurgence now. The, the the way they missed out on the top four last year to Spurs, but it didn't matter because they're a plucky young team and all this. Spurs were like one of the most exciting and youngest teams in the country under Pochettino, and still. Everything we did was treated, it was derided, it was treated as a failure, as opposed to what it should have been, which was exciting and good for the league and a good example to other clubs. That There was a team fighting against the likes of Chelsea and Manchester City, more often than not beating Manchester City, as we still do, but it's still yeah. lol spursy, yeah. lol failures. All this type to of stuff. To be fair, Gary Neville and one or two other pundits did give us a bit of credit they do, during that it's, that, it's, that it's, it's kind of, of half-assed was... though right it's always a yeah, an, yeah it's yeah, always yeah. a kind of an, an an aside on a monday night football which is their kind of deeper magazine show if you like yeah. isn't it right yeah. it's never they're never leading out they're never punching they're never trying to disrupt the narrative really that well people sp- waiting for spurs to fail to say can say well there you go alan exactly. hansen was right they're always going to let you down and so on it because it's it's that <sighs> It's that weird protection of the teams that are always expected to win, and and they're the ones that are, always have. I mean, you can you can look when Man United played Arsenal, and they were showing footage from previous encounters, and and it's so irrelevant because these two teams are no longer rivals. Do you know what I'm saying? There's no yeah. story it's, between it's them bollocks, anymore. It's bollocks, though, isn't it? But you see this. You see, oh, oh, Keown jumping at Van Nistelrooy. Fucking get over it now. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? No one gives a shit. Oh, Fabregas, <laughs> Fabregas threw pizza at Sir Alex Ferguson, did he? Great. Do you know what I mean? It's like, we'd, we're it's almost talking about a fucking era, grenade yeah. being thrown at the Archduke fans Ferdinand. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's <laughs> what relevance does it have anymore? Like, just kind of give it up. Give up this idea. And But this is what... And, I, d- I cannot help but feel a little swivel-eyed about this type of stuff. When you think about the power of the brand, the power of the Premier League, the power of these big clubs, you cannot help but think that they want to kind of keep those establishment clubs relevant and Yeah, 100%. And That's all it's about. 100%. And this idea of Tottenham, this upstart, this not classically pretty team, I do think... I, I, I'm not just going to be one of those kind of, oh, everybody hates us. I do think the media and the narrative is warming to Tottenham since we built the stadium, since we've actually been a consistent Champions League team. We definitely considered amongst that bunch, but we're still, we're still the, we're still the Cinderella, right? To the rest of yeah. them, that's the yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. We're 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 there, but we're not one of them yet. 
Um, and but to sort of my point about like you know, oh, Spurs fans are so typical. I get it though. I get I get the stresses, and it sounds dramatic, but I do get the stresses of being a Spurs fan. We it feels like we are under the microscope as much as somebody like Manchester United. I think Manchester United are a club similar to us that often their failures are highlighted now in a way, yeah. but it's always done more in a way of like, well, this is, I'm not angry with them. I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed that the Manchester United should be performing that way. Whereas with us, it's always, they thought they were going to do something good. You know, it's kind of, it's, it's, it's just, it's totally skewed. And I, I can, I can understand why the promise of seeing somebody like Antonio Conte with all his kind of his glittering past, coming into Tottenham, assigning some good players, as managing to hold on to Harry Kane, as having the golden boot winner in Sun last year, why we should be primed to just like, fucking let's go, right, City exists, but we've got our own kind of good thing here. Let's barnstorm the league. Let's just go through and smash everybody to pieces. But it's Conte's it, not that guy, is he? Like, no. I mean, I think, I think this is... And we knew this. We 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 knew this. But what we focused on, rightly so, was was how he can turn teams into title. Well, not title title winners. I mean, he can he he's won. He he wins titles no matter where he goes. Um, the obviously the, the the kind of paradox around that is is Spurs the right type of club? And obviously Conte has this kind of weird persona when he's in front of a, of a camera he comes across as a complete different personality to the one that you kind of have a sneaky feeling that he is when he's on the training pitch he seems very committed to the players he seems very connected to the club he seems to get along very well with Levy but in front of the camera he will say things whether it's it's a psychological kind of Machiavellian type of ploy it's his own way of processing things or his own way of controlling the narrative deflecting or just letting letting people know oh no we're not contenders we haven't got the money to you know we need several windows to do this so he's understating and, and underplaying everything on purpose perhaps you don't know right obviously people take what he says at face value and then create headlines out of it and and journalists do that along with the, the supporters because then it fits into whatever agenda they have uh, around the club not backing the manager because then they've got something to fall back on if it goes wrong. Which it, again, like I said, the odds are likely that it, we w- we won't do anything under Conte because that's what history tells us. So the paradox itself is Spurs aren't the right fit for Conte if if you really want to look at it in 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 terms of the money that's available, the players that were there already, and maybe the foundation of having that experience uh, to, to reference to. You know, because teams that he goes to tend to be teams that have won things recently. So it becomes an easier job because you've got most of what you need already at the club. But it's a big challenge and it would be a huge, it would be an incredible achievement for even for Conte to win something big at Tottenham for that reason, because it's this cursed football club. But we're not really cursed. And this is the narrative he might play into. But we're not cursed. Like you said, we probably would have won quite a fair bit if it wasn't for Man City and Chelsea. Other football clubs will argue the same point, no doubt. Um, you know, so what he's doing, what 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 he's trying to do at Spurs is a massive challenge. I think I'm just, I, I understand that. But I'm willing to back him 
because we've tried everything else in recent times. We, we've we've been a club that has experimented and perhaps often fallen into the right man by accident, which is why you know there's there's reason to be critical of the way we've managed that side of the football club, you know, under Daniel Levy. But a lot of football clubs go through a lot of managers. Even the big, big teams go through a lot of managers. It's just that we we don't have that foundation to bounce off from. So we're starting almost from ground zero and we're trying to achieve something for the first time. So again, it's I, I, I wish we were we were more committed to being proud about what we're trying to do. I wish our fan base looked up and thought, fuck all of them, you know, fuck the media, fuck all these other football clubs that that have things handed to them on, on, on a plate. Let's graft, let's do as good as we can and let's just believe in, in, in our club and our team and just not fragment the entire experience. But football is warped, football is distorted, you know. Again, to to, to come back to... Uh, what it means, like me talking about Pochettino's team as being generational and others saying, it's your fault we never win anything, mate, because you're you're glorifying failure and this, that and the other. So is Harry Kane a failure because he's never won anything? Is Ashley Young a better player than Harry Kane because he's won title winning medals and the rest of it? You know, can, can we have a, just a little bit of cohesive, intelligent, discourse around this Mm. yes we want to win things of course we do yes every sports uh uh, every sport in uh um whether it's basketball american football whatever any anything around uh team sports is about winning things but we also know the reality is that not every club wins things like it's it's actually then more about the participation and the experience. The Spurs have been pretty blessed. Again, you can bang on about the last 20 years and one trophy and all this kind of nonsense. But then you, you look at the teams and the players that we've had. We're pretty fucking fortunate. And we've also been desperately unlucky. Isn't Enoch or Levy that's let us down? Although, you can again, you can have a conversation about not buying any players in certain transfer windows. But we have failed... At my, in moments where perhaps we overthought things in semi-finals and finals, we 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 just didn't think like a big team because we don't have that mentality. The Champions it's League not, finals are a prime example, right? Yeah, you, you've said that. Liverpool did everything. It's that thing. When you get to the final, doesn't matter how you play, win it. Just win it. Even if you have to play the most boring, turgid football, but you win 1-0, 2-0, you just do what you've got to do to win it. And us being plucky old pretenders, contenders, Tottenham. The squad we... team photo before the game, you know, like turning up like we're kind of a minnow in an FA Cup semi-final. Yeah, it's, it's, you know... it, it, and that's fine because we don't have that to fall back on. And no amount of, of money spent by Levy would have changed that. What we need is a cultural change. But that culturally, cultural change has to be consolidated with something at the end of it. And that's why... And I know Conte doesn't stick around, and I know that's what people are ultimately worried about. But that's why I, I kind of back him, and I and I and I accept the sacrifices. I still question some highly dubious decision making that he's making, that he's actually you know failing to implement at the minute in terms of actually making the right decisions. I get all that, but if we want to be this team, then we we I think 
as one, we need to kind of back what we're trying to do here. We've done everything right with the infrastructure, uh, Paratici, the, the the coaching staff, all these other little things, the scouting system, things that have, Conte talking about a couple of windows. I believe in all this, but I think it's the energy around it. We 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 need to, we just need to put our energy into believing it. And I know people go, oh, but what does believing actually mean? Well, it's it's pretty much most of football. I mean, if you don't have any hope, you don't have any belief, then what are you actually doing? If you, if you want to experience football as this kind of grand transactional. Uh, seasonal thing where you just log off for most of it and at the end you go, well, what did we win? Oh, nothing. Shit season. Then it's not, you're not really going to get that much out of it, to be fair. And even when you do win something, you're then likely to moan that it's, you know, we're going to need to do it again for it to mean something. So it's just, a, I know I'm off on one now, but it, and I'll stop. But it's not as complex as, as I'm making it out to be. We've got a, a world-class manager who's a bit weird in moments, aren't they all? Pochettino, love him to bits, was equally weird. He made equally weird decisions. He was also incredibly stubborn. People tend to forget mm. he's the one on many occasions that rejected players that Daniel Levy lined up. Ross Barkley, famously. Not because the players were not of the right quality, but because Poch had his own weird ways around squad harmony and 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 the rest of it so the, the, again it'd be great if we actually got into the details and didn't just stick our flag on top of the hill and go well this is my opinion and i ain't shifting from it i ain't gonna admit i'm i'm wrong and i'm not gonna listen to your opinion so it's football this is why it's beautiful this is why i love podcasting this is why i like talking to you and other people because i want to be proved wrong i want to be tested i want my opinions to to be cut open and 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 surgically analyzed or whatever like i want an autopsy of of what i'm talking about uh because i've got it wrong time and time again i've backed avb got it wrong i kind of backed Mourinho for a little bit got it wrong so people might say well you're backing conte so have you got it wrong again and, and maybe my answer to all of that is i'm going to back whoever's in charge of spurs because ultimately i want us to be able to get somewhere and if i'm going to be pessimistic all the way through the experience it's not really going to feel like much if we do achieve some something at the end hey i'm ryan reynolds recently i asked mint mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation they said yes and then when i asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts they said what the f are you talking about you insane hollywood ass so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Well, the funny thing is, though, you know, because to the sort of to the to the point I was making is that I 
it just feels that like when Spurs are actually in a better place, that's when our squad is our squad, our fan base is always at the most anxious and the most angry and the most volatile. And I do, I do get it. You know, we've got Harry Kane coming to the end of his contract. We've got Son in his peak years, arguably now. We've got Conte. We've got Lloris coming to the award at the end of his contract, the end of his career, really, in truth. We've got kind of exciting young players like Kulisevsky, Romero, who no doubt will be turning a few heads in higher places. So I do understand why people get, they get scared, they get anxious. They think, well, this is our chance to win something now. So can we just, can we just, do it now, please. Mm, because I, mm. I feel that like even... Yeah, there's a different type of envy that falls over everybody when Mourinho is in charge or Spirito Santo is in charge. But I still think then, at that point, that's when I start to see the funny side of Spurs Twitter come out again. We're great yeah. at laughing at ourselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and yeah, we, 100%. We, we can absolutely enjoy it if, you know, when we kind of default back into, right, well, we're finishing 7th or 8th this year or whatever. So we've got our Tottenham back and everybody seems <laughs> to enjoy it a lot more. It's actually when we're good that I notice that people are always the most fraught. And I do I do understand it. I completely understand it. I feel it a lot myself. I feel that when we're actually really good, the actual football, I enjoy a lot less. Like, do you I know really why, do. though? Do you know why? Because I want us to win. Because I just yeah. want us to win. That's all. It's It's... It's there's right okay. So teams like Man United when they when they were at their peak under Ferguson, you know every single game. I mean they were likely to win most games of football, right? But that type of pressure that every point mattered, you you really are kind of tuned in, tuned into that particular type of frequency because you know at the end of it you're going to win the league. And even though they won the league many times, it it never feels as good as the first time. But it still felt great because they were beating whoever they were being challenged by, right? And it, and it's a payoff. If you put your your life into thirty eight games a season as, as a supporter and all the other cup competitions, you you want that payoff at the end. It's going to always feel absolutely fantastic. Um, but life at the top means that there is pressure, there, and there's this. You, I guess, you become accustomed to it after lots of success but with us we don't quite know how to handle it so we kind of panic and we we for whatever reason we gravitate towards towards possibly trying to pick out flaws in in what we're trying to do so rather than look at the league and league table after a handful of games and say look we're doing really well not playing great there's things that need improving people will fixate on the things that are wrong rather than just thinking well if Sun and Kane are just improve just a little bit because Son's stats aren't that bad. He's getting shots on on go and the rest of it. It's just his overall play looks lacking severely in confidence and, and comfort. But if our if our key players are playing really well, things instantly change and everything is solvable, especially with someone like Conte in charge. He will see that certain things aren't working. He will perhaps even though he's stubborn, understand that he's got to be less cautious in, in, in certain games. But there's also things that we're not understanding that well. Listening to another podcast earlier today, and it's something that I, I was saying to the guy next to me at the Marseille game, that we have to play the way that we're playing. And it, and it looks like we're, we're not playing that well, but it's actually quite a clever ploy. And it didn't really work because the passing wasn't great in that first half. In the second half, there was a little bit more energy 
and it was instantly we got red card from the first burst of energy that Son produced. So there are things that need tweaking, no no doubt about it. But I think we are just defaulting to being pessimistic because we can't, it's almost a deflection away from not being able to cope with that constant pressure because under Poch we had it every game meant something but under Poch we were quite fortunate that the football's incredible so we were also entertained as well and that's the, that's who I want to be as a Tottenham supporter make no you know if you said to me now bring back Pochettino and and like a in a peak Tottenham scenario and this is really hypothetical nonsense you know I would prefer that over Conte because the football would be better but I'm realistic as well and, and know the fact that Conte's team, um, Poch's team, for all the swagger and swashbuckle and the rest of it, also struggled a lot. And consistent consistency was was an issue, you know, when we were up against certain types of team. With Conte, I have a lot more faith that we're just going to be very, very, very hard to beat and that we will more likely win a lot of games and have ourselves challenging as close as we can get to the freak City team with Haaland up top. So the the point being is, I don't think we're built to withstand every game meaning something. So it's it's interesting because when we lost against um, Lisbon, I was absolutely devastated. And 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 I know it's not a great thing to go. Well, I remember the nineteen nineties. That's been and gone. Like, okay, it doesn't. You can't really start bringing back shit from the past. Yeah, we were mediocre as, as fuck. But now our benchmark has been raised and and, and it's important that we, we want to win every game. And I think it's great that we hurt badly when we do lose a single game of football because it means that we have evolved as a fan base, but we haven't quite found the level that we need to kind of, kind of drop to and, 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 and sit within. And that's probably because we haven't won anything at the end of, of, of being, of being a, a, this type of team, this mature, growing up, proper Tottenham team. And that won't happen because we're like 10 games into the season, if that, not even that. So so the whole patience thing obviously distorts uh, a lot of perspectives. Um, finality, man, I, I always is one of my favourite words. I think everything, everything is like it's end of days. You know, there's a lot of pe- people I respect on Twitter, but a lot of them are... are visibly given up almost they 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 are predicting that it's not going to end well and and nothing can be fixed and and again it's just a personal thing like i i can't i don't understand i mean if it's a defensive mechanism i respect it but i think what have you got to lose really what have you got to lose because we're we're a team that's trying to aim for the stars do you get what i'm saying we're not a team that's achieved it so what are we getting frustrated about? We're never this thing where we think there's guarantees in football. If we've done this and if we've done that, it's bullshit. There's no guarantees in football. I think for who we are and what we've had and what we've done, I think we're doing very, very well. And I think under Conte, it's worth seeing out this entire season. And then, you know, you can point at me and go, "You were wrong, Spooky. You got it completely wrong." And I can say, "Well, okay, there, there you go. You win." We're talking about Antonio Conte and talking about kind of his, you touched on his weird decisions. There's none weirder to my mind at the moment. I get the kind of him not using his bench as much and whatever. I think that's a lesser issue. Not really a lesser issue, but 
the sort of the most acute issue I find at the moment is his treatment of Dejan Kulisevsky. I yeah. really, I, I cannot fathom it. I would say for the, for let's say the tail end of last season and for the large part of this season, he's probably been yeah. our best player. Um, yeah. So to see him kind of, and we talk about rotation and we talk about the big squad and the need for, I'm not talking about this as being droppings and all that type of thing. I mean, it is droppings at the moment, but you know what I mean. Uh, it's uh, <laughs> he's not started for three games now or four games. It may be. Yeah, yeah. It feels very much like he's out of favour. Have they fallen out on the training ground or whatever? Fuck knows. But he's got to sort that out, Swift, because the Richardson Kane something at the moment ain't working. Like that is, it's not to me. It isn't viable. It doesn't look right. Um. There's been some talk today talking about Son's underlying numbers, that they're actually all right. Maybe he's just a bit unlucky. This is kind of where, this is generally where I tend to fall out with. I like to joke about being a proper football man and all this. I do, I definitely see the value in, in numbers, in stats and things like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just don't see the value in letting them guide every single decision and every Agreed. single talking point and giving you that kind of intellectual superiority in an argument when talking about football. Because I would say this right now... Shots fired. Well, no. no. <laughs> but what we're seeing with Son right now is I am seeing lots of like, um, well, actually, he's not playing badly because look at these stats compared to previous seasons. This is one of those eye testings. Son's, Son's been terrible this year. He has been. And it feels harsh to single him out because Kane has not been playing well either. But Kane's scoring goals at the end of the day. Kane is scoring goals and... Pretty sure he's assisting goals as well. He didn't have a very good... Kane was awful against Lisbon. He was terrible. Um, but to me, Son... This idea of Conte playing him through this rough patch, whatever, it's... At the moment, it it seems to be... It's not working. It's detrimental it's working. to our attacking finesse, yeah. right? Like, yeah. we're, we're getting things across the line. I, you know... Do, do you drop him? Do you play Richarlison now, on the left? Or I, how how does this work? Like, can Richarlison play off the left like that? You know? Can Kulosevsky? Or do you push I, Perisic up? Or what sorry, I know I'm asking you a question. No, no, no. The thing is I don't I don't have I don't have the answer other than start Kulosevsky. Leicester City are not very good, right? Okay. They're We're horrific. at home. They're horrific. Um they're not very <laughs> not very good at all, which is great. Um, the goalkeeper, uh, he, he, again, if you want to talk about someone that probably doesn't command his area um, confidently in front of the defence, which is al- already very fragile, it's it's literally made for us to kind of boost confidence and, and to, to kind of give us something back. And for Conte to maybe relax... He's stubbornness over rotation. Plenty of talk around why does he only rotate certain players? Why is he not giving other players a chance? Why? What? You know. Obviously, again, it's it's the pragmatism of Conte. You know, do not whatever you do, don't lose the game. But how about let's just win the game? And by default, you're not going to lose it. I mean, it's basic football uh, when it comes to. Attacking is the best form of defence, right? But I know Conte is very, very, very strict around uh, how his team play and the rest of it. Okay, fine. 
get I completely appreciate that. But we haven't got a spark in the team. And Kulusevski has been so good since the back back of uh, back end of last season. He he's again the type of player with ball at feet. He's going to do something. You almost feel you saw it when he came on against Lisbon and the way he got away from his man uh, on one occasion. It was so slick and 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 just so instinctively easy for him to do. You know, this is a guy. He does, sometimes his body language kind of looks like he's not that fussed or bothered about anything but his talent is is just above and beyond the form of our other key players right now and he's the spark you can bang on about creative sparks from the center finding you know having an Ericsson type of player yawn and, and so on I get it we, we we kind of do miss that but Kulisevsky is that extra type of dimension he can make things happen players tend to move into the right positions when he's on the ball because he's going to deliver it unlike maybe someone like Emerson. Um, so just play Kulisevsky. What you do with Son, really, I, I get historically we don't drop him. I get that his stats will tell you, as I mentioned earlier as well, that he is doing the right things or getting in the right positions and, and, and having efforts on, on, on target. But his overall play is is very lethargic, very flat. And and yeah, that, that, that has kind of infected I'm not saying he has infected the rest of the team but the, but the lack of bright consistency from Kane is, has also impacted us so you've literally got a team that is focused and centric on these players up front and it's and it's, it's a bit jaded and a bit fragmented so yeah Conte needs to look at the, the team and he's just got to to, to be a, a, just a little bit I know it's a rude word but a little bit more expansive in how we approach teams especially at home um, what it does with Emerson is another discussion altogether. But play start Kulisevsky because he will have he will create and he will have shots on goal. How he balances the rest, you know, if it works, drops on, and 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 just try and work out. I'm not I'm not a football manager. Do you know what I mean? It, it's up to Conte to kind of get the the balance right. But it's not like the players aren't capable. And against a weaker team, there should be no excuses. You know the rest. The rest of the the rest of the whole rotational thing is, again, you know you can read a lot into it. Why doesn't Basuma play? You know, is Basuma more attacking than Hoybier? Is he more a kind of offensive minded? Is that is there a reason why he's opting for someone who can defend or protect more than than perhaps play a forward ball or, or run box to box or whatever. So there's all these other little question marks. Like I said, there's lots of talking points around selection. But again, we're not in a terrible place. I don't I don't look at Tottenham and think we're a calamity. I don't look at Tottenham and think it's a disaster zone. I don't look at us and think we're going to lose every game. I just think that we are playing within ourselves. And and something that I've I've I kind of mentioned We've been getting away with it, and we finally got you know we finally got done. Don't agree with that at all. I think the opposition have been getting away with it because Spurs are the ones holding themselves back a little bit with the That's way that point. we're playing. It's a really good point. I mean, we are genuinely Lisbon. I thought we we're going to slap, and they were so they not the that first half. Great, they looked man. awful. They didn't like it, and it's bollocks, man. I don't like even the kind of this is what happens in the Champions League. I mean, I guess that kind of is is a point but still this sort of idea that it was some sort of awful 
there was like some sort of heroic comeback from them. It, it wasn't at all. Like, they just were plucky. They Spurs kept going. lost that game. Lisbon didn't win it. Oh, you know, it's exactly, that stupid 100%. sort of footballism. But yeah, it, it they just weren't that good. You know, all the kind of like the fawning over Marcus Edwards. I thought he was a good player, but you know, it was over the top. Oh it, come it on, man. We've got Kulusevski. Kulusevski's younger, plays in the same position. Marcus Edwards is starting now for a Champions League team. We're both doing all right. You know, but again, it was being used as this kind of stick to bash Tottenham. Look, look what Tottenham let go. And you can see it as well from like I was talking to you about these kind of media things like, ha, 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 look at what happened. Tottenham let this guy go. And he did a run and nearly scored a good goal against them. But he didn't score a good goal and he didn't really do much in that game at all. I'm not trying to dig him out, but I'm just like, just fucking realise we've got this and it wasn't really... There were a few Spurs fans doing it, but to me it was just so grass is greener. Just default back to the fact that we have... We have Kulusevski there, who is younger than Marcus Edwards and undeniably better than him and more talented than he is, you know? Yeah, the, the whole Edwards thing... I mean, I've got nothing against the bloke and I, I wish we did keep him, uh, but the, it is what it is. And sometimes you need to leave to, to maybe blossom into into the play that you wish to are be. You just, and, are you just repping the Cypriot thing there, mate? Is that what it is? <laughs> actually I forgot about his yeah I forgot about that um, it, it's more to do with the fact that the well actually it hasn't, it hasn't I mean this is just me off the back of what you're saying with the, with, with the coverage they're looking for a narrative I mean there was one instant where Edwards I think might have had a shot or something and the screech from the commentator because it's like they want that story. Oh, big time. Squealing yeah. like pigs and shit, aren't they? Yeah. You know, they, like... they, they, it's, it, again, they, they don't believe it themselves, but it's just the way football is packaged. And, and that's fine. Sometimes like, it triggers me because it's like, bloody hell, just please be original for, one, for once. Just, just commentate on the game. We don't need the narrative. The football is, is all the narrative we need. What's happening on the pitch? You don't need to create these big you know, things around, this is the one that got away and whatever else. Isn't it? It doesn't have to be talk. Not everything has to be reduced to this toxic negative level. Marcus Edwards is now having a great career. He's enjoying himself. Look how happy he was. He got one over to him. Exactly. Good luck to him. Good luck to him. And like good on Spurs. We're, We're doing all right ourselves. You know, it doesn't need to be this whole kind of like, destructive kind of narrative about everything it just pollutes everything the thing is it feels like it almost feels like this podcast has felt quite like not negative but it's felt like we're in the mire of like a crisis because of the way we're talking and this is what happens (laughs) this type of stuff pollutes things and and i'm not trying to be a happy clapper i'm 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 i've i kind of i face up to my feelings on conte i have done all along but we're getting conte ball we are it's not fun it's not pretty but it's robotic, it's ruthless, yeah. and yeah. more often than not this season, we have won games. You know, we, we, as soon as, like you said, and it's a, it's a perfect point that, we haven't been getting away with it, other teams have been getting away with it, because there's many Premier League teams, Premier League games that we've played already this season, where we could have slapped the opposition if Son and Kane were firing. Fulham, we could have slapped them the other day. Forest, we probably could have slapped them as well. You know, it's and it's just because we haven't been quite ticking that we haven't been doing it, but we're still second in the table. We're still hardly conceding it, in goals. It, and and I get it as well. Like, you know, for all the kind of Emerson Royale is getting dug out a lot of the moment, right? Mm-hmm. And I do understand that. I'm not I'm again 
if completely cards on the table, yes, we need a massive, massive upgrade on Emerson Royale. Massive upgrade. But are we surprised that probably the guy who is the best defensively, we don't really know what Spence's capabilities are yet, but in terms of him and Doherty, we know that Emerson Royale is a fine defender. He's very good. This is it. He He's can't, not that he can't kind of... cross and deliver and, no. you know, and do the right things. But that's, right that's things not what Conte's priority is not exactly. losing. It's not Ex- losing. He's a pragmatic, exactly. conservative manager. This is what you wanted. You wanted somebody that could deliver, that could win stuff for Tottenham. And unfortunately, when you don't have, as we were talking about with Pep Guardiola, when you don't have... £250 million to overhaul our defence in one summer because we need this player there. We need a we need a right wing back. We need a better left centre back. We need a better we need an upgrade on Eric Dyer because that would be cheap. I know everybody doesn't like Eric Dyer, but again, if you want to upgrade on a player like Eric Dyer, you're looking at £100 million. That's just the truth of it. That's the absolute truth of it. If you want to upgrade on, as we've seen, we wanted to upgrade Ben Davis. We're getting quoted, what, 85 mil for Bastoni? This is... This is it, right? Emerson Royale cost us, what, 35, 40 million? It's, <laughs> you know, and he's not good enough. Like, you know, yeah, okay, there's the argument that Jed Spence could be playing, but that's, I think that's a different piece of this, right? If we're talking about the immediate success that we want, if we're looking at kind of competing with teams like Manchester City, we simply do not have the resources to go toe-to-toe with a club like that. Hence, we have this manager like Antonio Conte, who can win ugly, and we just have to deal with that. If that's what you want, if, you, if your primary focus is, if Pochettino's a failure, if the journey is not important, if it's just winning something, then buckle up and try your best to enjoy what we've got with Antonio Conte because we are still objectively having a good se- season. You know? It's just Complete, it. yeah, completely agree. And it, it, it comes back to the fact that we're going to talk, you know, people are going to talk about what they see. And, and obviously, if you're losing the game, you're going to talk about why we lost it. And if you're, you're not playing particularly well, then you're going to focus on certain things. And, and I get that's what Twitter really, the, the thing that the economy that the, the, the gets used more than any other is a little bit of anger, a little bit of, you know, controversy or not even controversy, but just something that is a little bit negative because it's more likely to gain a reaction from from someone so you're going to look at the players that you you don't rate and the players that you don't think are good enough and and so on but yeah the the the, the reality is that we're actually in a strong position because of what we've done since last season under Conte but again it's this 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 I don't know if it's a Tottenham trait a human trait we're going to focus on what's going to go wrong it's just it's just the 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 this weird nature that we have with it. And it, then it, again, it ties back into prepping yourself for, for that inverted commas failure, because you just want to be able to, to make sure that you're not, you're not drowning in the misery that, that, that comes along with it. Because deep down, every single Spurs supporter wants Tottenham to do well. Obviously, I don't I don't have to say that out loud. You know, there's no one's better than anyone else. But perhaps where <laughs> where I tend to dive in and get myself into trouble is I have questions around how some people choose to follow their team. And again, it's up to them. It's their prerogative what what they do. But if they're going to point the finger and they've done this many times at, at people like me and say 
it's because of you glorifying failure that we're not getting anywhere then i'm going to react to it and it's the, it's the only reason that i've been reacting to it so much in 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 the last month or so and i, and I promise i'm going to try and back away from it as, as much as i can unless someone directly comes for me and say something that and then i, I will I, I will have my point but there's been some weird conversations on on, on twitter recently with, with, with supporters where they they have kind of moaned about Conte and it's done in a way like well this isn't good enough mate and you know that's that's the energy they're giving me and I'm going to react to that because it's because at that point I'm trying to understand what isn't what isn't it what isn't good enough you know what is it exactly that isn't good enough why why are me and you having this conversation it does sound like we're in crisis like it's hilarious when maybe it's because we know that we we're onto something right and we're being protective of it and we're trying to harness the positive energy by countering the negative energy. But there's nothing wrong in the negative energy, like we said, because Conte has done questionable things. So, so it's just this self-awareness. But I think some people don't know how to how to kind of balance themselves between the two, and and perhaps that's where it gets a little bit dangerous. Because if we do hit bad form, let's say we do really well over the next few a couple of months but then we have three games where it doesn't go according to plan I mean imagine that Spurs struggling for three games and us defining that as a crisis again that kind of shows you what's at stake and that's a good thing that's actually a positive thing I think um, the, the, the only thing about this and this is kind of one of my bigger gripes with Conte is the only problem with him is we do have a manager that will fuel those type of crisis moments we, we mm. saw what it was like at the tail end of, not the tail end but the start of his kind of well the midpoint of his tenure last season the Burnley away game you know when it, it literally looked like he was going to walk out after after the game I but think he, I, I think I, I whatsapped you after being like mate you did he, yeah. Conte is quitting tomorrow like he is quitting and but it really felt that way you know yeah like, no it did but again I think that's just him being this is this is the thing he doesn't help it doesn't help us. He doesn't help the fan base. He doesn't help. Uh... He's not really done anything this year. I just want to hasten to add. I'm not. I'm not no, no, he hasn't. That level, but, but he's he's got that in him because that's 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 how he seems to. That's how he seems to deal with things, and it's it's not it's not the best method for obvious reasons because of the way the media react to it and then the media feed into knowing that the, the fans are going to react. I mean, you saw it, Juve considering sacking their manager and suddenly he's, you know, Conte's getting tapped up by Juventus, which isn't true at all. But people will read that and just change their entire outlook on Tottenham and Conte off the back of just some words appearing on their timeline. And it's that kind of thing. I, th I think that the, all, all I want us to be is strong. I don't, and I think too many of us, and again, maybe it's a historical inherit, inheritance. I think a lot of our fans are quite weak because I think they just decide it's not going to work. And, and and my question to that is, it's never going to work then because you're always, you're always going to be in a position where you just don't believe that there is a solution to whatever problem that we've got. But our problems are high-level problems. They're, they're top-tier problems. They're, they're problems that other clubs would never experience. And again, remember who we're up against. And sometimes we're up against ourselves, right? We're up against the way the club's managed things. 
And and Conte might not be the answer, but he might be the stepping stone. He might provide us that cultural change. He 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 already has in, in to some degree with what we're doing behind closed doors. And maybe this is the only way a club like Tottenham can progress. Look, come on, he's just keeping the bed warm for you know Pochettino, I mean? mate. We all know that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's going to happen at some point, isn't it? Oh, come yeah, on. I mean, you could, it's it's, it's going to happen. If, if, the, if the stars align, that's the thing. That's always the... Because, you know, we've seen sort of talk with Pochettino against Sevilla and stuff like this. So maybe, I don't, I don't know. But, yeah, I broadly agree with you, mate. And I, I just... You know what? I mean, we're going into an international break now. We we don't really need to talk about the Leicester in terms of a, a preview so much because no, no. we've sort of rambled on now for, for quite a while. But what the main thing I really want to see from this Leicester game, like I said, we're going into an international break. Arsenal, the first game out the back of that after two weeks of rest. I just want to see us put in another performance like Fulham, but maybe even better. Maybe like the Southampton game at the start of the season. Yes, I just yeah. want to see us put... Leicester to the sword, quash a bit of this, a bit of the like the kind of murmurings of discontent at the moment. Yeah, maybe give every maybe nice to get Son on the score sheet so we don't have that narrative hanging over us for the next two weeks and everything. Just, just all I'm asking of Tottenham now in this game is just leave things in a good place. Arsenal away at the Emirates, given how they're playing this season and just historically for us. And just whatever it's it's a huge game in all in all respects that it's massive, and I just want us to be on the forward foot for that one. And 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 just to 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 kind of finish up, um, oh, I, I, here's me finishing your pod, mate. Who, no, go, go for it, mate. You're, you're the goat, so you know. <laughs> I was going to say that. What? Why don't we fixate on the good performances? So if we smash Leicester five nil, right? And Son scores and Kane scores and Kulusevski scores. It's just a masterclass. Yeah, the opposition isn't great, but we have just shown the difference between the two teams. Why can't that be the benchmark for what this team's capable of? Do you get what I'm saying? Even though we know that Conte is going to be a little bit cautious anyway against other 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 teams, it's often I think that again it's that it's that trait that we have to focus on the negative stuff because that carries more weight in conversation than it does to just say look at how brilliant we are because there's so many times you can say Kulusevski's fantastic you then want to complain about Hoybier or Emerson because that carries more weight so i think it's just i, I think we probably shouldn't read that much into twitter i think deep down i think spurs players know what we've got uh, spurs supporters know what we've got know that it's a good thing, but are just concerned that we're going to let this slip through our hands for whatever reasons. So I think we're being a little bit anal with the way that we're maybe critiquing Conte. We're perhaps not even giving him the credit to adapt and change. Pochettino was the same. He never made substitutions at the right time. There's There's always something to bemoan. There's always something that isn't quite right. So I think, for me, I think it's just easier to put my faith in the players and the manager and enjoy everything. Enjoy the ups, enjoy the downs. With Spurs, we know how it works. The bad times make the good times even better. And at the minute, it's not bad at all. We're a good team. We dicked Arsenal at the end of the season. We're in the Champions League. It's a bit of a learning curve, but it's not something that needs an entire season for us to work through. I think it's game to game will improve and we get better. I'm just I'm just it's just who I am, man. I'm just a happy happy clapper. That's who I am. That's me.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.